the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, greetings. Nice to be with you on a apparently beautiful Tuesday. I don't have a window to the outside, but I know the sun is supposed to come out today. Chilly morning. Hope you're having a great day and appreciate your time listening to the Bruce Woolley Show, whether it's on 98.9 here in Columbus or 94.5 in Dayton. We are an hour away from Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther's uh, State of the City Address. Uh, Cannot wait to hear how great things are going here in the capital city where we're on pace for uh, record car thefts, where we have an alarmingly high murder rate and a doubly alarmingly high murder rate victimizing teenagers, people in their 20s, and being perpetrated by people in their teens and in their 20s. Uh, That may be getting better today because uh, we're going to hear from Andrew Ginther today, I presume, some specifics on the new committee that he has formed to end violence in Columbus, the Office of Violence Prevention. Uh, He has appointed his in-house attorney, Rena Sheck, To head that up, she will oversee and evaluate all of the city's anti-violence initiatives. That'll keep her busy because it seems to me the anti-violence initiatives are not really working that well. We have a lot of violence in the city, but of course, the way to end it is to form another committee. (laughs) We'll also hear from the mayor today, I am sure, about affordable housing in Columbus. We need more of it is his contention. We need more affordable housing, which is not very far from saying that we need to have uh, rent control. I'm not sure where Andrew Ginther stands on that. Being a uh, avowed liberal, I would assume that he is in favor of it. I hope we don't hear anything about it today because uh, rent control is, well, don't take my word for it. Uh, Swedish economist Asir Lindbeck is famous for saying, Rent control appears to be the most efficient technique presently known to destroy a city, except for bombing. Yes, rent control sounds great, except that rent is typically paid to private landlords. And the government telling a private landlord what that landlord can charge is not allowing the free market to work. The market dictates what things cost. Supply, demand, all those things that have served the American economy and the local economy well over the years. So Andrew Ginther, a while back, was bellyaching about the lack of affordable housing here in Columbus. So imagine his consternation today when he opened his copy of the Columbus Dispatch and he sees Jim Welker's story. Headline, study says Columbus is one of the nation's most affordable cities in which to rent. Uh Uh-oh. There will certainly be a call placed to the editor of the dispatch from the mayor's office about, hey, don't be putting anything out there that deviates from my narrative, which is we need more affordable housing 
in Columbus. The report by Realtor.com. Well, what would they know about real estate at Realtor.com? After all, all they do is sell thousands and thousands and thousands of houses. (laughs) The report finds that while rents have risen in the Columbus area, other cities have far more serious affordability challenges. Uh, Realtor.com says that typically uh, the nation's 50 largest metro areas, people who work there devote about 25% of their income to lease an apartment or a home. But in Columbus, that percentage is only 18% of your income. So Columbus does not suffer, despite what the mayor will tell you today, about an affordable housing crisis. And I will be highly skeptical. Well, honestly, I'll be highly skeptical of just about anything the mayor says today because the mayor's saying it. And his policies have not worked. So I don't know why we would give him a third term, but I have no doubt that he'll win it. Because here in Columbus, all you need is that D in front of your name, and you will definitely get elected. Now, besides the mayor today, uh, what I find interesting in local politics is that there's a lawsuit filed with the Ohio Supreme Court by a group that is in favor of the ballot initiative to expand abortion rights in Ohio, that is taking issue with the language in the ballot issue that would expand abortion rights in Ohio. So in case you didn't catch that, because it took me two or three times reading this particular story to understand it, the people who want abortion rights expanded in Ohio to the point where there are no restrictions on it. You can abort the baby right up until moment of birth, maybe even after it's born. The people who are in favor of that have filed an action with the Ohio Supreme Court saying, hey, the language in that initiative is not what it ought to be. And the reason why they do not like it, I presume, is even though they won't admit this specifically, the only real reason I can find why they wouldn't like it is because this bill that it is written and was approved by Frank LaRose, the Secretary of State, and Dave Yost, the Attorney General, I now see that it appears LaRose and Yost green-lighted the language because the language in the proposed law is so expansive that the law would include not only expanding abortion rights, but would apply to, we told you this when we analyzed it, would apply to gender reassignment surgeries as well. And I think the people who are in favor of expanding abortion rights in Ohio started to realize, hey, the people who oppose this are going to make it about the most radical aspects of the law as proposed, and we don't think we can pass it if we partner up abortions with gender reassignment surgeries under the umbrella of reproductive rights, right? See, this is one of the euphemisms that they have invented to make you smile on abortion and not, well, and not allow you to focus on what abortion actually is, which is the dismembering of a child inside a mother. They don't want you to focus on that. That's why they call it reproductive rights. See, they say, we want the mom to have reproductive rights, or sometimes they'll say it's women's health care. They don't want you to say, we want to be able to murder children in the womb. We want to be able to dismember them in the womb. That sounds really ugly, only because it is. They don't want you to think about that. And they don't want you to think about cutting off healthy breast tissue off a teenage girl 
or skinning their arm to fashion some phony body part that boys are born with, but girls aren't, but girls who want to be boys wish they had because they are under the delusion that it will make them a boy, which it decidedly and assuredly will not. But the people who were behind this in the beginning, they do what all Democrats do. They go for broke, right? They always go for broke. Push the envelope, push the envelope, push the envelope as far as possible. And then if we have to back off a little, we'll back off a little. We still gain more than we lost. And the degradation of the culture advances perhaps slowly, but it still advances. And that's all they care about because they never hold a victory party. They are never satisfied with their wins. But I think they realize that this ballot measure was not going to pass if they went for broke and included gender reassignment surgery, hormone blockers, puberty blockers. If they included all of that under the umbrella of reproductive rights, I mean, after all, (laughs) if you want to mutilate your genitalia, I suppose you could twist that into saying that it has something to do with your reproductive rights. They would say, so men can get pregnant. We would say, no, it has to do with your reproductive rights because once you undergo those treatments, you will never be able to have a child again or father a child again. But we can disagree on the exact outcomes. They just thought, hey, we'll just stick this in there too. We'll go for broke. Well, now they're starting to realize, I think, that they can't get it passed by the electorate in the state of Ohio if people in the state of Ohio go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm not just voting for abortion up to a point where I'm comfortable with it, let's say 15 weeks, and these are definitely not views that I share, but these might be views that people around the state of Ohio share. I'm okay with abortion up to 15 weeks. Beyond that, I'm a no, but I'm definitely a no on gender reassignment surgery. So since that's part of this bill, I'm going to vote no on it. I think they realize that. And now they are asking that the issue be separated into concepts of abortion or decisions relating to deciding where to terminate a pregnancy versus all the other reproductive decisions. Well, a sex change operation is not a reproductive decision. Much as you'd like to euphemize it and make it one, it is not a reproductive decision. So this brings up a weird scenario where they are out right now trying to get signatures by the deadline, which I think is coming up in July. They need... 414,000 signatures to get this on the ballot. And while they are out getting signatures, they are trying to split this issue into two ballot initiatives. Because if it is just one, they fear that it will not pass. They don't usually make mistakes like this. I hope that this undermines their efforts and we do not pass this law. I do not think it will pass, but we have to make sure that we get the word out as to what this is in its worst form. Because while they may say, oh, sure, that's in there about gender reassignment surgery, but we don't intend to use that. Can you believe that? I hope not. Now, you will notice I did not lead the Tuesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show with the arrest of Donald J. Trump by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Now, today, according to Trump's Truth Social post over the weekend, is supposed to be the day that the former president is uh, arrested and indicted for something related to his 
payment of $130,000 to porn star Stormy Daniels in like, what was it, 2008 or something like that? Maybe 2016. I don't know. The liaison between the two was 2008. The payment was 2015, something. Uh, Alvin Bragg, the district attorney in New York, I'm sure has been hearing from people in the Democratic Party who are nervous about this, helping Trump's campaign to be the Republican nominee for president. Uh, Trump took to Truth Social again last night to make one of his quintessentially Trumpian announcements. It's the Mar-a-Lago raid or the unselect committee hoax, the perfect Georgia phone call who was absolutely perfect, or the stormy horse Daniels extortion plot. They're all sick, and it's fake news. <laughs> uh, I, I am amused by uh, Trump's manner. Uh, the unselect committee, the Georgia phone call, which is perfect, a perfect call about the election and finding votes. And then he's got to drop the Stormy Daniels insult. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's classic Trump. Will he be indicted today? My my guess is no. I'm hearing too many conservative outlets say that they have sourcing that says, no, it won't happen today. Do I think it'll happen? Eh, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. I'm thinking, like, Alvin Bragg doesn't do all this work and get everything positioned and have the barricades put up in New York and all that. I, I just think Alvin Bragg and the partisans in New York, I think they are so giddy about the idea of a Donald Trump mugshot and a Donald Trump perp walk in handcuffs that they cannot get past what may be unintended consequences. This could raise Trump's popularity. This could convince swing voters that, man, with all that we have going on in America, we got inflation, we've got a war in Ukraine. By the way, we funded another $350 million to Ukraine overnight. We've got our southern border. We've got fentanyl. We've got, we we have enough things here that we could be concerned about rather than who Donald Trump cheated on his wife with in 2008. I mean, you can admit that that's wrong and not elevate it up above all the other things that I just mentioned that are more germane to our country's goings on right now. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Will they ever get a conviction on this? I'm not sure that the statute of limitations hasn't expired on it. I'm not sure that the legal machinations that they've gone through to pour a little bit of a misdemeanor and a little bit of a felony together. Jesse Waters likened it last night to gain-of-function prosecution. I thought that was a very good metaphor. They've taken some aspects of a misdemeanor and some aspects of a felony and meted them together and hope to apply them to Donald Trump. Okay, well, whatever. Go for it. Because my guess is it will end up hurting the people who have gone through all these different gyrations to make it happen. Now, more important to me, you know, are matters related to education locally. And one of the bills in the Ohio House that supposedly the new Speaker of the House, Jason Stevens, is behind is House Bill 8. 
House Bill 8 is also known as the Parents' Bill of Rights. This would be something that I would be in favor of. This would be something that Jason Stevens could get done that would show me that he's maybe not as big of a disaster as Speaker of the House as I thought. He is a disaster. The question is, is he just as big a disaster as I think? Because right now I think he's a big enough disaster to occupy every single corridor of the State House. The new bill, House Bill 8, would allow parents to review sexually explicit instruction materials in schools and ask for alternative materials that does not include sexually explicit content. This will drive the liberals crazy in the schools, which if it does that, I'm for it. The bill defines sexually explicit content as anything like a picture, a photograph, a drawing, a motion picture film, a digital image, or similar visual representation depicting sexual content. So they tried to close the loophole there. They tried to keep tight guardrails around everything that could possibly be. Uh, Here's a quote from the guy who's sponsoring it, DJ Swearington. Swearing Jen, rather, Republican from Huron. This bill does not grant parents any authority that they do not already have, but rather statutorily protects their ability to direct the upbringing, education, health care, and mental health of their minor child. The intent of this legislation is to have parental oversight regarding classes that are sexually explicit in their subject matter. This legislation would give parents the ability to read over the material and, if it is their decision, to remove their kids from that class and go on to another. Now, the problem with this is going to be, will teachers comply with it if, in fact, it is passed? No Democrats are going to vote for this bill. None. Don't need them. We've got a supermajority in the Senate and in the House. We don't need a single Democrat to pass a single thing. If Jason Stevens wants to disprove people like me who say that he is a bootlick for Democratic causes, including whatever the teachers' unions tell him to do, he will get this passed. And he will pass House Bill 11, which would be a true school choice bill, like they have in Idaho and Florida and Texas, South Carolina, Oklahoma, Arizona. I could go on. Now, the top legislative priority of Jason Stevens is this flat tax, which I still have not been able to get my arms around because there are so many conflicting reports about this flat tax and what it will do. I have seen reports that a two and three quarter percent flat income tax and changes to existing property tax laws. I have seen it that it will be a great thing for business in the state of Ohio, and I have seen that it would be an awful thing for private homeownership in the state of Ohio. Those two things to me seem to be antithetical. I don't know how it could be good for one and bad for another. But I think anything that is bad for private homeowners is a bad thing for the economy of the state of Ohio because you cannot disincentivize regular people owning property. That seems like something that Andrew Ginther would be for when he gets up in front of the podium in a half an hour and gives his state of the city address. I do not think... It is good at all for our economy to drive people into rental situations rather than ownership situations. Homeownership has always been the personification of the American dream, and it must stay that way. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.